Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back to another episode of Let's Ride with Chris Harris Jr. and Patrick Coyote. I am Patrick Coyote. I'm joined by my co-host, former Denver Bronco, Super Bowl 50 champion, all pro cornerback. The list just goes on and on and on, man. Chris Harris Jr. Chris, how are you doing today? Doing good, man. It's a good Friday uh, evening, and I'm ready. Let's talk about these sports, man. Let's talk about Broncos country. I know. See what's going on. We're going to get into Broncos country. There is quite a bit of incredible news that just came out yesterday. There's a lot to talk about. Of course, in our first episode, we did talk about the Denver Nuggets in the NBA Finals. Game three happened. It is done. And the Nuggets, Chris, you called it, man. Jokic just had to get that ball moving around. Him and Jamal Murray go off for 30-point triple doubles, the first duo to ever do it in NBA Finals history. That was insane. Quick thoughts on the Nuggets yeah. and uh, going into game four. Uh, the Nuggets did what I expected them to do. They turned it up a, another notch. Jokic was uh, dishing out the ball to everybody and really was uh, finding Murray. And Murray was doing the same thing. So when you have two guys that's getting everybody open, getting everybody involved, but also putting up points, uh, they're going to be tough to beat. And I just, I just think everybody needs to give respect to Jamal Murray. Because he's a guy that's definitely turned up his game in the playoffs and has really shown himself to be a star. So uh, I think uh, guys have to give a lot of respect to them. Uh, and I expect the Nuggets to close it out real soon. I know it, it's going to be pretty crazy to see them. Yeah. You know, they took Miami took one in Denver. Denver takes one in Miami. You know, hopefully everything keeps gelling well. You know, Mike Malone got them fired up after game two. So. Yeah. It was it was really cool to see them kind of bounce back. Christian Brown had a huge game. Jayhawk, yeah, you know, man, it, yeah, they root for Christian Brown. Hey, that's a Jayhawk, man. Yeah, he absolutely yeah. went off. That was awesome to see. But Broncos country had some crazy news drop yesterday. I was at the zoo enjoying the the sunny day here in Portland when I got the notification that Frank Clark, the free agent yeah. defensive end. Uh, who had who played for the Seahawks initially and then has been a big part of the Kansas City Chiefs the last few years. He signed a one-year deal with the Denver Broncos. Chris, your quick thoughts on Frank Clark yeah. and what he brings to the Broncos' defensive front. Yeah, I think they definitely needed some more depth. I think they had uh, Browner. Um, I forgot the other. Uh, what was it? Gregory. Yeah. So you know you got you got you got a couple guys there, and you need you need four guys at least four rushers at a time that you can uh, continue to swap out and be able to uh, track down Mahomes. That's the guy who you're chasing, right? Uh, You know, Herbert he he can scramble a little bit, but he doesn't really run too much. Uh, But you got to get pressure on these quarterbacks, and that's the way. That's how you win in the AFC. Uh, Getting pressure on the quarterbacks, making sure your D line has a great rotation up front. 
And that's what it's going to take to be able to uh, stop a guy like Mahomes. You need fresh legs, fresh rushers to come in and uh, keep the pressure on them. Yeah, well, Frank Clark definitely is going to be able to do that. I mean, he he was a he was a pain. He was a pain for the Broncos the last few years, and and it was definitely one of those guys where it was like you 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 hate to see him uh, on the opposite yeah. side, but you love it when he's on your side. And of course, this move also came with a bit of disappointing news as it was announced that Baron Browning had a minor arthroscopic knee surgery uh, to repair yeah. some uh, a minor tear in his meniscus it's expected that he's going to be back uh by week one maybe he misses a couple games in the season but that's still a a pretty impactful uh injury and a recovery time for a guy who a lot of us expect him to kind of to to pop off uh you know he, he had a great great rookie season where he was kind of playing that like in between role of inside linebacker and then outside um, and, and then last year he was dealing with some injuries as well and, and just some weird body mechanic stuff. But this news and then the signing of Frank Clark after huge impact for the Broncos going forward, if they're able to get Baron Browning back and have Frank Clark and we get a healthy Randy Gregory and maybe some of those other guys, you know, we'll talk about some yeah. rookies who might make an impact later on in a different episode. But I think, you know, you said four guys. So the four, the first four guys that come to mind for me, obviously Frank Clark, Randy Gregory, Baron Browning when he's back and healthy. And then Jonathan Cooper honestly has a chance. Jonathan Cooper, yeah. Yeah, he, mm-hmm. he has a chance. He, he's had, you know, some up and down last season, didn't get a ton of, of, of that rotation, but he's still a guy that can come in and, and be that kind of big edge yeah. setter. So the Denver Broncos definitely uh, do good adding to their defensive front, but is there any other free agent rusher that you think they could still yeah. possibly go after? Maybe make a play, bring in an bring in an older veteran. Melvin Ingram was one of the guys that I really thought of as being that kind of like bigger veteran edge rusher. Mm-hmm. Is there anyone else on, in your mind that uh, I think uh, if a, if a guy like a Robert Quinn, he's still very highly productive. Uh, I don't know if he's. A, I think he might be a free agent that's still out there. Uh, Melvin Ingram, or uh, like you said, Ingram, he's a guy that um, he was productive with the Dolphins last year. You know, yeah. we can still get some plays and get some productive, um, pr- some productivity out of this guy. So I think we do need one more rusher. Uh, we still need to find just a little bit more depth than that. I uh, even if Baron uh, Browning was uh, wasn't was hurt or was healthy, I think we still need another DN. You know. Yeah. We yeah. still need it, some more rushes. When we won the uh, Super Bowl, we had Shaq, Shane, Vaughn, and D-Ware. Yeah. Uh, consistent rotation, you know. So uh, we got to have guys that are going to be able – it's a long season. Yeah. You know, we're not just talking about five games. You know, it's a yeah. long season. <laughs> yeah. And we, we need these guys healthy. We need these guys uh, ready to rush, uh, guys in a great rotation. And it's uh, the, uh, with, the, with the way Coach Vance Joseph's defense is, he's an attacking defense. He yeah. likes to bring the pressure. He's going to bring all different designs and schemes to be able to give these guys one-on-one uh, situations to be able to get sacks. So you need a guy like Frank Clark, especially. Uh, he'll, I think he'll be a great guy for Randy Gregory, yeah. you know, a guy that they've kind of both, you know, uh, Frank has been able to stay – pretty clean in his in his career. Mm-hmm. Randy Gregory, you know, he's had an up and down career off the field. 
things yeah. and um, you know, little getting injured a lot, you know, so yeah. things that I think Frank Clark would be able to be a good big brother for him, being able to a guy that Randy will uh, respect. I yeah. think he'll bring out the best out of Randy. So I, I, I'm excited to see this uh, duo. I think it's going to be an underrated duo, but we still need a little bit more help definitely on, on uh, to give those guys some relief. Yeah, and, and one big note, Frank Clark almost set the postseason sack record. So you're talking about yeah. it's a it's a long season, and you you need guys that can produce later in the season and into the playoffs if if that's the the way that the season goes. Frank Clark is definitely yeah. a guy that you want to have on the field during the playoffs. That's a guy that can make a huge impact on the field uh, in, in critical moments, and and that's the yeah. biggest. You know, and he's a winner. Yeah, you know we needed we needed somebody that can win a, that's been in the playoffs that's won multiple Super Bowls. Uh, a lot of those guys haven't touched the playoffs yet over yeah. there, so we yeah. need somebody that has that experience and that that's going to bring that confidence level over there for those boys. Yeah, we talked about in our last episode. We talked about Sean Payton and and his experience and his playoff experience, yeah. obviously, and and he's kind of echoing that same sense of we need guys who can come in and who have been in this situation before and know. You know, they know that the the pressure's on in that moment. A lot of times when you have yeah. younger guys, they get into those situations and and it's like their focus is kind of elsewhere. You know, it's pulled in different directions. Yeah. You need the guys that are tunnel visioned when it comes to the playoffs. And, and Frank is definitely one of those guys. Quick, before we move on to our next topic, I want to get your thoughts. Dalvin Cook was released, officially yeah. released this morning by the Minnesota Vikings. I know a lot of Broncos fans in Broncos country were hoping that that big free agent signing news was going to be Dalvin Cook coming to the Denver Broncos and said it was Frank Clark. Mm -hmm. Do you think that there's still a chance that Dalvin Cook ends up in Denver? Because I know Javante is still coming back from that knee injury. And and while all signs point towards the positive, it's still really like they still need to be really careful with his knee. Obviously, they signed Samaje Pirine. Uh, they bring in some other guys as well. Tony Jones, uh, Tyler Beatty is still there. Do you think that there's a chance that the the Broncos yeah. could bring in Dalvin Cook on a one, maybe two year deal if it if it works in the finances? I would hope so. I mean, that's what we, you always can use a guy like Dalvin Cook. I mean, he's a playmaker. I'm very so. so Surprised and shocked that the Vikings would get rid of uh, this guy that's, you know, he's been the, the front runner for their team, yeah. especially on offense, you know. Uh, when the quarterback's been inconsistent, you can always count on giving it to to uh, what number is Cook? Was he number four? He was number four yeah. last year, yeah. You can always count on giving it to Cook, and he's been a thousand-yard running back for the last four years, Yeah, you know, and very, very productive running back yeah. and uh, a home run hitter. So, of course, we, uh, we need more points here in Denver. We need more points. So, yeah. I'm bringing in Dalvin Cook on a visit immediately, see what he can – see how his body feels, see how he moves, see how he checks out, see if there's something that uh, maybe that the Vikings know that we don't know about him, you know, check him out, you know. Yeah. And uh, I think that he would be a great pickup for the Broncos, you know. Yeah. Russell Wilson, he needs – he he's a guy right now at this stage that he needs a solid, consistent running game, and he will be able to get that through a guy like Cook. So I, I would hope that we would take a great look at him. Uh, I see the Dolphins is looking at him. Uh, you know, uh, a lot. You know, a Florida boy. He probably might look at all those Florida teams: Tampa, you know, Jacksonville. 
but Tampa uh, would be interesting. Tampa would be that's one yeah. that I haven't seen and uh, mentioned with him. I know I've I've seen Miami. Yeah. They've got about I don't know forty running backs on the roster yeah. right now. <laughs> you know they, they just drafted uh, Devon A. Chain in, in the third round of the draft. Yeah. A guy who I I really love. He's that's a home run hitter as well. Um, yeah. But you know when when you're when we're talking about Dalvin Cook and you know we're like hey come to Denver come to Denver like yeah. it's you, you bring him in for the meeting. And George Payton, who was a big part of bringing him to Minnesota in the first place, he sits him down and he says, hey, listen, I got Sean Payton, who has worked with all of these running backs. You look at Alvin Kamara, you look at Mark Ingram, mm-hmm. you look at he I mean, he worked with Reggie Bush like he I've worked with all these running backs and I plan on running the ball a lot. You're going to get your touches. You're going to get your all pro. Now we need to get you the ring. And that that's the selling point right there is we got Russ. We got the receivers. We got the defense. We just need the running back. Yeah. You, Javante, and Pirine. What a room. What a room that would be. But yes. j- craziness. Okay. I do want to move on to talking about free agents, but our free agent period from the offseason because – we weren't doing this show back then. We didn't have the opportunity to really get the reactions. Down below, I put the list of all of the free agents that the Broncos brought in. A lot of big additions to this team. Who was the one that really stood out to you? What was the the impact signing for you for the Denver Broncos? Oh, of course the tackle. Being able to get a strong tackle. Uh, Mike. Mike McGlinkey. Uh, it's kind of hard to say. Yeah, McGlinky. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I played against that guy a lot, man. He's definitely sound. He's a, a guy that you can um, count on every week to week. Very consistent tackle. Yeah. And to be able to bring that compare, bring that with both. I mean, for the longest, you know, we, we Denver was searching for blockers, searching right. for tackles. <laughs> right. It's been music. It's been, uh, what do they call it? Musical, musical shuffle, chairs. man. Yeah. <laughs> musical chairs, man, with, with how we've been shuffling in and uh, mixing in tackles. So it's been huge to be able to get a guy that can solidify that spot. Uh, you need two uh, tackles now in the NFL. Yeah. Because every team has at least three solid great rushes. Yeah. Right? And so you need that. Uh, he was a huge pickup. Also, the D tackle coming from Arizona, a guy that's very familiar with Van Joseph's system. Uh, we struggled versus the run defense last year, even though we still had a high defense. Um, it was a lot of games where we were very leaky in the run game. Yeah. So I think uh, it's huge to be able to get him and to be able to uh, solidify the uh, the defensive front. Yeah, I, I think that them bringing in Zach Allen, who obviously has that that relationship with Vance Joseph that you talked about. You know, Ben Powers was the other one that I uh, I oh yeah, that's a big thing too. You know, and the whole offseason was talking about how Sean Payton loved to utilize guards. He, you know, he's worked with so many Mm -hmm. great offensive linemen during his tenure as a head coach. And getting a guy like Ben Powers, who was part of one of the most efficient rushing offenses in the NFL for the last few years, that's a big get for them. That means that, hey, we're we're taking this seriously. It's no more games. We are going to run the ball. We're going to bring in some beef and we're going to run the ball. They already got. Uh, you know, Garrett is coming back from that injury. We don't know how he's mm-hmm. going to come back from that injury. You know, I hope that G comes back and, and he's playing at a, a really high level. 
Um, but you bring in Ben Powers. There's still some questions at the center position. Is Lloyd Cushenberry going to be that guy? Uh, and then, of course, Quinn Miners, who is a, a monster of a man, just a, a mauler yeah. uh, on that offensive line. They're going to take this so seriously. We are going to run the ball down your throat. Love to see it. Love that attitude. They also brought in, and, and this was one that hasn't been talked about a lot, Mike Burton, the fullback from Kansas yeah. City. We have a traditional fullback back in Denver for the first time since I think Andy Janovich, which is yes. insane. That means we're going to, hey, we're going to see some 21 personnel. We might see some 22 personnel. I The, the tight end coach yeah. in me hopes they go 23, but that's just me being a sicko. Okay. Uh, they, yeah. they also brought in Chris Manhurts, who is a tight end with Sean Payton in New Orleans. He most recently played in Jacksonville. Marcus Calloway. Uh, another New Orleans yeah. bring in, you know, that guy is going to boost the, uh, he's going to boost the wide receiver room as well. So the Broncos were making all these moves in free agency, you know, them bringing in these guys, was there anyone during the free agency period that you were like, I need the Broncos to go after this guy and they didn't. Ooh, that's a that's a that's a tough one right there because yeah. it really wasn't uh, it really wasn't the uh, standout pick out there. I thought you know yeah. that they had to have this person. Yeah, uh, but I think Zach Allen was number one choice. You yeah. know, and and, yeah. and we were able to get a guy up front that we definitely need. We were leaky in the run. I think if we have one weak spot on the defense, uh, the Raiders. You know, we struggled versus them versus the run. You yeah. know, I thought we played a solid job. Uh, versus the Chargers and KC. But that team right there, you know, uh, that was an issue. That was one of our major issues uh, mm -hmm. of, uh, that we need to get. Um, I was hoping Tony Pollard, you know, ah, uh, was going to be a free agent. But, you know, he got tagged. <laughs> uh, but I just thought that was just going to be a dynamic. If we was able to get him oh. uh, off the agency, that would have been huge. Him and John um, but, in the backfield would be crazy. Yeah. <laughs> that would be nuts. Yeah, that, I, that's what I was hoping. But, of course, they tagged him. Uh, but those are my guys I thought that would be a top pick. Uh, like you said, Callaway. Uh, I played against Callaway last year with the Saints. Uh, yeah. He's a solid receiver. He's going to be able to guy that can play every position on the field and knows the system, you know, being able to play slot, outside, right or left receiver. That's going to be uh, big uh, for um, the offense, you know. Yeah. And if one of our receivers go down, you know, you got somebody that can come in and rotate and fill in. Also be a solid guy on special teams. Yeah. So I think it was a great offseason. Off one of our better offseasons that we've had, you know, in a long time. And uh, hopefully we'll be able to bring it together uh, yeah. pretty fast because it's gonna we're gonna have to do it quick. Yeah, and I know a lot of Broncos fans in in Broncos country were kind of hoping that they would make like you know a bigger splash. But I feel like what they did in free agency was they they were just going down the list of like, hey, we don't need to spend big money to get our guys in here. They they obviously threw a bunch of money at the offensive line. You have to in order to yeah. upgrade those situations. And, you know, looking at the, the way that the contracts are structured, they did a fantastic job of, of making sure that they had enough flexibility, enough room to allow them to make these, these other impact moves. Getting a guy like Zach Allen yeah. for the defense, that's huge. It's, especially when you lose someone like Draymond Jones 
and and they were so they're very comparable as players in their playing style but there there was just something about zach allen that they were like we're gonna prioritize this a little bit more obviously they wanted draymond to stay but there was just something something that they saw that they were like "Mm." uh zach zach's a better he's a better defender against the run yeah he's more consistent against the run dealing with double teams dealing with in the three four scheme and he can play multiple positions on the d line yeah, you know, more like kind of like a, a wolf, you know, yeah. kind of how wolf was, you know, being able to be versatile or Malik, you know, they were versatile on the D line. Oh. Uh, I see Draymond is more of like a, he's a pass rushing D line, you know, he's a guy. His real role is, you know, he can play all four downs, but he's a real key on that third down, you know. Yeah. That's when Draymond is supposed to make his money, but I don't think he's got to that ten sack, that yeah. ten sack uh, marker yet. Yeah. So I would have to give the edge to uh, Zach on film study and uh, seeing how versatile player he was. And I think they did a great job on that evaluation. Yeah, and him being around J.J. Watt the last few years in Arizona yeah. is definitely a big help to his career. Uh, he was a guy when he was coming out of the draft that I saw as like a like this guy could either be like a, a tweener, you know, defensive lineman, or he's just going to be like a rotational guy for the majority of his career. Yeah. And the way that he developed his game in Arizona with J.J. Watt has been awesome to see. I can't wait to see what he brings to the Denver Broncos defense. So that brings us to the no-fly zone with Chris Harris Jr. Again, this is the opportunity for fans and listeners to, to get to know Chris a little bit better. Who you are off the field, you know, maybe some things when you were playing with the Broncos that fans don't know. And we'll talk about a lot of different, a uh, lot of different fun stories. So this episode's topic is going to be about your teammate, your fellow Jayhawk, Aqib Talib, one of my favorite right. free agency signings for the Broncos in the last, I don't know, my entire lifetime of, of watching the Broncos. I, <laughs> I remember I remember that day so clearly because that was it was also that same time that you know we were getting Peyton and and it was like okay things are coming together things are coming together what are we gonna do we we had just gotten D Ware and I was like oh man this is great and then it was like oh we also signed to keep to leave and I was like whoa 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 what yeah it's, that was a big day <laughs> it's done so give me I, I I want to know what was your reaction. When yeah. you heard the news that Akib was signing with the Broncos, man, we knew that it was uh, it was going to be a great season. You know, coming off that, um, I think we lost the Super Bowl that off season, right? I think yeah. they came right after that Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, so we we had a lot of uh, hunger in our mouths. You know, you know, big chip on our shoulder, especially me and Vaughn, You know, yeah, we were injured and didn't yeah. get to play, so we were like, oh no, we're coming back ready. And, we just need some more, get us some more guys, you know. Bam, Elway brings D Wayne. Uh TJ. Yeah. Um then uh, then we get Talib. Yeah. Talib was like the last one. Yeah. So uh to be able to get have those uh guys and also I think we got Roby too. Yeah. That yeah. all season. I think that was two. the year they drafted Roby, yeah. Yeah, so we got Roby that year too. So we that was a major off season for us. Uh it it really changed the um uh, the dynamic on our team, we realized that, oh, now we got a lot of dogs. We, we're, you know, not just a couple, not just three or five. Now we got a whole team full of them. 
And uh, that's that was that was a huge pickup getting to leave, being able to just bring his playmaking ability. Not only with uh, after he gets the interceptions, he's he has a great chance of going to score. Yeah, very physical. Uh, being able to play uh, follow guys, keep keep can follow. He could uh, play boundary. Mm-hmm. He could uh, play all over the field. He was a very uh, highly intelligent guy when it comes to football. Uh, you know, me coming in as a freshman in college, you know, I could see that. Um, you know, I had to start opposite him as a, I think he was a redshirt junior. I was a true freshman. So I got thrown in the fire early with Keith. <laughs> so I already understood that this man understood the game. He knows what he's talking about. And he knew how to play his great instincts. Yeah. So um, uh, it was a major, it was a um, major pickup to be able to get him. A guy that, uh, you know, we could play. We knew how to play off each other. We knew how to already play with each other. Yep. And we already had uh, chemistry. So uh, that was an easy pickup to have Akib come in and be able to learn the defense and me be able to assist him and make his, make his uh, let me say, his transition from uh, the Patriots into Denver fairly easy. So that yeah. was a huge pickup for us. And I think a, a big aspect of Tlaib's whole game and this is something that like not not a lot of not a lot of like casual fans understand that when you're out there playing your your mentality and the way that you you know talk to other players and react to other players like obviously fans understand that like you know players talk shit mm-hmm. it's fine uh but there's just something about Talib's mentality and his attitude when he's playing against a receiver where it's like you can tell that receivers are frustrated playing against him. You, we knew watch it like yeah. the whole crab tree thing, you know, that 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 was all that was hilarious to watch, but there were other moments in multiple games. I mean, the the all those games that you guys played against the Patriots. Yeah. Like you could just tell he was in their heads and he was just to, like chopping them down at the knees every chance that he got tell us something else that you know what was another thing that set Akib apart from all the other corners that you played with because you played with some incredible corners in your time and you mentioned champ Bailey in the last episode that's all you needed to say but tell us a little bit about what sets him apart from the other corners yeah Oh man, of course, Keith has great size. You know, when you're talking yeah. about a six foot one, uh, six foot corner, but it's pretty thick. You know, it's pretty mm-hmm. 205. You know, if he yeah. had a shape, you'd be becoming like 210. <laughs> you have to lose that weight. You know what I mean? It's very thick in corner, you know? And uh, most DBs, you see like a, a Sauce Gardner, he's probably like 180, no, you know, six one and very skinny. You know what I mean? So Keith is a little thicker yeah. and can move. And um, definitely using that physicality on receivers definitely uh, drove those guys down. But the thing that separated them, like I said before, is after he got the interception, he could go score. A lot of guys can't do that with the ball, you know, turn into another threat after they score. Key was a major threat with the ball in his hands uh, after, he's, after he uh, was able to get the interception. He rarely dropped uh, picks. You know, he was a guy, if the ball was anywhere close to him, he would catch it. So he uh, he had great hands and he knew how to score and turn into a receiver. So that's what one thing that made that separated him from all the other corners. Yeah, he I mean, he definitely broke that stigma of, uh, you know, they're only playing DB because they couldn't catch the wide receiver. Uh, but yeah, I mean, two two of those pick sixes yeah. that come to mind 
the the Ravens game when he picked off Flacco and and he was weaving yeah. back and forth. I mean I was like stressed because he's holding the ball with one hand like, and <laughs> he's I was holding like, the ball like <laughs> I was like what are you doing don't do that uh, and then the it was the one against Dallas it was the one against Dallas when he jumped yeah. in front of uh, he jumped in front of Dez and it it was like the same thing I was like I was like don't drop the ball don't don't drop the ball. <laughs> But it, yeah, you're absolutely right. Like his ability after he makes that play, after he makes that interception to just understand how to weave through traffic and, and find his way to the he end. His own. He was, I mean, what he's, is he not the record holder for pick sixes in the NFL? Um, I think he's, I he's think up he's there. up there with Dion and yeah. um, I think Harrison um, has it. Yeah. Uh, I can't, it's, it's one of those Harrison's, you know, so many of them. We'll get we'll but get that stat. For I think the next they, he's got ten though. He's yeah. got enough to you know. I'm surprised that he didn't get all decade with this because I, I thought he should have been. Um, you know, they picked three. I think it was no. They picked four. It was me, Tyron, yeah, uh, Pat. No, they had five. Pat P. Sherman and Revis. But yeah. I'm like, man, y'all could have added to leave right they there, man. Come on, in, they just add him in there, man. I think he definitely should have been all decade. And definitely has had a Hall of Fame career. Yeah. Well, we'll definitely, you know, we'll, we'll have to get a key on here to tell his side of things uh, at, at some point. Last thing here, one piece of advice um, for young wide receivers. Last episode, we talked about young DBs, how they can up their game. Yes. This episode, we're going to talk about young wide receivers. You've had to go against plenty of wide receivers in your day. Plenty of big wide receivers, yes. plenty of inexperienced wide receivers. You know, the the biggest thing that I have seen in my time coaching high school football is a lot of these receivers don't understand how to beat press man coverage. It's, it's one of those things where I, even in my playing days, I was, I would get a little bit nervous when a, when a corner came up and was in my face at the line of scrimmage, because Mm -hmm. that's a whole new thought process of what, what are my steps going to be? Where am I going to put my hands? What's one piece of advice that you have for young wide receivers who are struggling to beat press coverage? Yes. Man, one thing I see receivers um, doing, they're not really working with another corner, right? Get you, find you somebody that, that, that is very consistent in the press or somebody you can go out there and get some real work in. A lot of it is cones, like I've been saying, going yeah. on routes on the air. You need, to, you need somebody that's going to be physical with you. You know, it's going to put hands on, on you all through your routes. Say you have a route day and you're working all your routes. You need to have somebody pushing you. Yeah, pushing you, um, trying to knock you off balance while you're running routes. All, you. I don't care at any level, right? Yeah. Just learn how to be physical within your routes. Um, learning, getting big. You know, a lot of these receivers yeah. don't even want to lift weights, you know? Ha. Working on your upper body. Working on having to rip, rip through. You know, learning how to get a lot of a lot of drills that we do with receivers, we'll just keep our hands on them. And receivers, you you got to find a way to get our hands off your jersey. Yep. And we're trying to squeeze and lock on as long as we can. You know, learn how to use your hands. Receivers need to learn how to use their hands to be able to get off the release, how to knock off the receiver's hands. How do I dip my shoulder and be able to put this uh, corner on my back? So yep. it's a lot of different things that receivers, you need to get more into detail and in how you need to get off press and being able to get on the same page with that quarterback. Uh, you know, um, if the quarterback in the offense expects you to release outside, you need to have your best release and get planned to, to be able to win outside. Yep. You know, a lot of these guys want to do their own thing. And for young receivers, 
That's the fastest way for you to not make it in the NFL. Okay. Quarterback yeah. is expecting you to be here and expecting you to run around like this and to be at this spot. Uh, you better be there. Right. Yeah. So that's something that you see with these younger guys. They want to be their own guy, create their own yeah. thing and, and not stay within the system on the route. Uh, that's the fastest way to get you up at the NFL. Yeah. You know, they, they're just watching these guys like Jerry Judy and their, their release packages and stuff like that. And it's like, you need to learn the, you got to get to the yeah. first before you can move like, Hey, I love Jerry Judy. I love his release packages. It's, it's tough. It's tough for young wide receivers because yeah. you're absolutely right. They do watch these guys on, you know, on TV, they watch them in college and they think, Oh, I could, I, I, I can do that. Yeah. But they don't understand that these guys are also doing exactly what you said, repping all the time. I mean, I have watched guys like court and Tim and Jerry after practice only working on release and timing, you know, and, and having someone like you said in their chest, just giving them that yeah. hand, how, you know, am I going to hit you with the outside hand? Or am I going to hit you with the inside hand? You know, am I going to give you, am I going to be square up with you? Am I going to take away the inside? Am I going to take away outside? Like you have to be thinking about these things at all time. And it's, it's not just the, oh, I got to work on my footwork. Oh, I got to work on my right. hands. You have to be on the same page as your quarterback and you have to be on the same page as the offense because it, I've seen some of Sean Payton's, um, his playbook stuff from New Orleans. And yeah. he does a very, very good job of, really saying this is a must outside release route this is like you have to take this inside you have to do this you have like those are the things that the young wide receivers have to get down so i i appreciate you saying that that warms my heart yeah. as a coach and i hope that some of my former kids who uh, you know who i had to coach they listen to this and they're like oh man coach pat was right see it <laughs> yes. wasn't lying and a best example of a guy that just got straight to it Antonio Brown. Yeah. He wasn't about all that shaking and doing all that. He gets straight to the route. You know what I mean? And I think that's a great receiver for young guys to watch for sure. Yeah. Prime I I mean, all all things aside, all you know, off the field stuff, whatever, prime A B, there was probably no yeah. other dominant like no other receiver, especially at his size too. No receiver that no. was as creative and dominant in their routes. So Chris. Thank you so much for that advice. Thank you so much for being here today. We will be back with another episode next week. We're going to have some more amazing topics to talk about. Until next time, Broncos country, for Chris Harris Jr. and myself, let's ride. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.